Morning, sir. Hey, Chris. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are things? Wow. Fine, fine. How's the weather? Well, it's hot. <laughs> well, it's hot over here. I'm glad to hear that because over here you throw a bucket of water in the air and it'll freeze before it hits the ground. <laughs> I would enjoy that weather. Hello, peoples. I don't know where you are at this time, but here in Montreal, winter ain't over. And judging by the constant snowfalls we're having, looks like I won't be installing my summer tires anytime soon. Well, what the hell. We're used to it. Bienvenue au Québec, tabarnak. Anyway, in order to uh, break the ice, so to say, I'm taking you to Barbados, where we're going to have a chat with Chris Griffin. Chris is an audiovisual tech at a university, but also an experienced lighting designer and board operator, and a really nice guy too. I had a chance to meet him a couple years ago when he came to Montreal to attend a Naval Lights training session. Now, just before we hit the palm trees, if you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to tell all your friends about it and share it on social media. As a matter of fact, why don't you go ahead and do that right now during the commercial? The Backstage Cowboys podcast is brought to you by AVL Media Group and Avolites, who make the best lighting consoles in the world. If you live in Canada, you now have access to the Avolites Academy online learning platform. The cost is $229, and that includes an editor Avo key delivered directly to your door. Head on over to BackstageCowboys.com and click on the Avolites Academy logo to get all the details. Now, if you don't live in Canada, well... That means you're in another country. So if you're in the United States, head on over to avolites.us. Anywhere else in the world, just go directly to avolites.com and you'll find all the resources available in your country. And now, let's get on with the show. Here is another episode of the Backstage Cowboys podcast. Hey, can somebody push play on that tape deck? been a while that's true so uh you came you came over to canada uh how long how long has it been now it's been like uh three years something like that two and a half yeah the ending of 2019 okay just before everything shut down (laughs) yeah so how's it happening at your end i mean first of all are people vaccinated in barbados yeah, we have probably close to 70% vaccinated, okay. so things are looking pretty good. Okay, and and are you still holding events, or is it uh, is it at a dead stop, or how is it now? Um, we just opened up for events, but only vaccinated and proof of negative PCR tests. Mm-hmm. Uh, the capacity... The numbers are capped at a certain level, depending on the capacity of the building. Okay. But, yeah, things are starting back. Uh, most of them, though, are hybrid. So, it's some in person and some online. Oh, I see. Okay. So, hey, man, I, I, 
I thank you very much for accepting my invitation. I'm very, very glad to have you on the show. No problem at all. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't have a specific structure. We just talk like two good buddies talking about all sorts of stuff. And because uh, the idea of the podcast came out of a uh, bunch of guys in a shop uh friday mm -hmm. afternoons you know we'd we'd relax sometimes when it wasn't too busy on a friday afternoon we'd open up a beer and then we'd we'd, we'd, we'd sit around and chat and and all the stories that came out you know of, of that time we we were wondering was like we should have a radio show i think people would want to <laughs> hear this you know this is too much cool stuff going on and you know and me being the you know, the weird guy in the group, I decided to go ahead and do it. So <laughs> I got you. <laughs> so Chris, uh, tell, tell me about yourself. What are, what are you doing now? Exactly. You're, you're, you're a lighting guy, right? Yeah. I'm a lighting tech, uh, yeah. slash media aid for a university. Okay. University. Yeah. So basically do almost everything piece of sound um i do lighting for shows bands you name it so are you so, full-time now for a company or how does it work no i'm still full-time for the university okay but but i work part-time for a production company train solutions so we do gigs on the road productions stuff like that when in my free time okay obvious yeah, so I still get to play around with the big boy instruments. <laughs> <laughs> what we would not have here in the theater, because we have a, a black box theater here at the center. Okay. So we have a couple of Martins, a couple of Robies, Avalites, um, packs on board. So what isn't here, I still get to play around on the road. You, you're right now, how old are you? I'm 32. 32? Well, that's young. Yeah. That's like almost half my age. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh, so what I'd like to know is how you got to being where you are. And, and you know, I, I mean, are you born in Barbados? Yeah, born okay. always. Okay, so you've been, you've been in Barbados all the time. Okay. Yeah. So, so why don't you explain to me how it started? You know, what what got you into this mess? I mean, I mean, in this business, <laughs> it sometimes be, be a mess. Yes, <laughs> I agree with that. Um, it started back, uh, let's say, two thousand and seven. I I got out of school in two thousand and six, and I was like, okay. I seen all my siblings, everyone around me working. So I decided, you know what? I need a job. <laughs> I need to feel some sort of independence in my life. So I went to work for a company making, um, an industrial company making solar panels. Mm -hmm. And that lasted for like six months. I was like, nah, this is for me. It's too hard. <laughs> so I walked off the job one day and that I that was it for me. I came home, I said, you know what? I think I'm an office guy. I was still trying to find my footing and where I stand. 
or where my qualifications will land me. So after deciding for like two weeks, I was like, you know what? I really, really need a job. I feel like too idle. So my brother, he worked for a lighting company part-time. So I reached out to him. I said, bro, I need a job. I wrote a lot of applications to a number of companies and who don't have vacancies just didn't reach back out to me. Hmm. So I said, okay, I need a job. These are my qualifications. What do you have for me? Because his full-time job is construction. Okay. And he was like, um, all right, you could come and be a laborer. I was like, nah, that's hot, son. Me, my hands in for that. He's like, okay, he can get in touch with the CEO at the lighting company and see what he has in store. So two days after, he told me, well, he's going to bring an application form for me, fill it out, and he would take it in and we go from there. All that process happened and it was called for an interview at the lighting company. So I went to the lighting company, IGM Stage Lighting, mm-hmm. and they accepted me same day. So I didn't even know I was a creative person because <laughs> my whole thing was about computers. I wanted to be a computer tech. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're, not, you're uh, not too far off though. Exactly, right? <laughs> so that's what actually got me into it as well because I saw the lighting bars. I was like, yo, but they are they were kind of analog back then. Yeah. So they trained me for like two weeks and just seeing how these guys pull a show from scratch, mm-hmm. from paper to fly rigs and everything. It just amazed me. I see it in your eyes. <laughs> You're <yeah>. sparkling there. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah, I like this. I'm moving from venue to venue. It was like, I've never been here. Let me see what I can do. And from the time, they taught me from the time you get into the door, what to actually how to throw your mind and creativity. You can do endless stuff in a ballroom. Hmm. You can fly whatever you want and do whatever you want. Just get creative once the budget allows. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So year in, year out, I'm working day in, day out. Hours didn't matter. I just was about getting these shows up and ran it. And before you know it, eight years passed. Well, that's passion. Yeah. And I realized I it's not a job for me. It is something that I love doing. Yeah. I tell people I would do it for free. <laughs> Just give me stuff to work with and I would I would produce something for you. You know, I always say and, that so once in a while I, I, I pass by people and I say, hey, you realize we're paid for this? 
yeah. It's hard work, though. Yeah. That's that, that's something I wanted to go back to because you were making solar panels, and that was mm-hmm. too hard. And yeah, I, I I had to laugh because I mean, we know how hard our job can be, right? <laughs> it can be like Definitely. it can be endless. I mean, you know. Uh, it's it's easy to say walk into an empty room and be creative Um, Mm -hmm. turning that empty room into you know something spectacular is a lot of work Mm -hmm. it is there's got to be passion behind that you don't look at it as hard work because when you look at the amount of guys you have to perform this duty and the amount of instruments and what they can do you just go to work <laughs> you know when you look about you're saying yo um we're nine hours in and you look around the room all right we still got a substantial a lot to do um all right let's give it another four and we call it for the day mm. and by the end of that day you're at the board tweaking stuff yeah it's amazing <laughs> and i mean sometimes okay we do Fets, which is uh, at scale party events, uh-huh. and when patrons see you like linemen, it's like, "My, you should be working," but I am working. <laughs> this is what I'm paid to do. I get the same feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I love it. I I love every part of it. Yeah, yeah. That's so. That's my background. So there's one, there's one thing I'd like to know. I mean, before uh, before you started working, actually, even when you were doing solar panels and and then moving on mm-hmm. to uh, to the, the the lighting company. Before that, mm-hmm. I mean, your studies. What 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 did you study in? Um, or did you study well, at all? I mean, <laughs> sometimes going to school doesn't mean study, right? <laughs> that's true. Um, I study. A lot of things that they really point me into the direction I'm in now. Um, I did electronics in school, mm-hmm. you know, math, English. I did IT in school, um, sciences, languages. That's about it. Um, but when I finished school, I had mechanical engineering, IT. Math, English, those are the subjects, but it didn't really point me into the direction that I'm in now. Uh-huh. A lot of people was like, "My, you should go college and you know study this and that," but it's like, nah, that's not me. <laughs> nah. So my studies back then was very basic. Um, you know, I just wanted to finish school, so. They were like, okay, you need five or more CSEs in order to get a good job, a paying job in Barbados. So why you don't study any five? They didn't specifically tell you, okay, if you study this, you can get a job in this. Hmm. So I studied what I liked, which was IT. I gave more into that um, subject more than anything else. Yeah, I passed the rest, but I came out really big in IT. Yeah. Because I had a passion for it. 
Yeah, I believe you. And it's it's strange because when you're in school, you have you know certain courses that are available to you. You have a limited choice compared yeah. to the real jobs out there, and and yep. sometimes obscure jobs like I don't know how it is today for people, you know, for students today. But uh, mm-hmm. when I went to school, uh, lightboard operator mm-hmm. that didn't exist. I mean, it did. There was somebody operating the light board, obviously, or or screwing yeah. around with the dimmers on the wall or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, you couldn't say, I want to do that. You didn't even know that existed. And uh, it's once you're out of school, that's when you realize, mm-hmm. well, there's a whole bunch of, of specialized jobs out there, well-paying jobs, because you can earn a decent <laughs> living, I mean, doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's strange. You have to discover it for yourself. It's true. Yeah. It is very true. Because the way the love... yeah the way you tell me uh, your story there. I mean, you, a friend of yours were, was working for this company, but would you have found this company? Would you would you have been aware that you can do this? Never. Crazy, eh? Never at all. <laughs> I mean, I was dealing with sound before I was dealing with lighting, yeah. because. I came up, um, some of the guys around me were DJs. Okay. So, you know, you got to move a speaker, you got to move with the records and the no crit. So, I came up doing sound before I even know lighting to this, the biggest thing ever existed. Hmm. Never knew. I guess so. I actually got into it. I guess that's pretty uh, universal because I got into sound too. I was like DJing also, never any good at it. Um, but, you know, it was the technical world. You know, I had to get yeah, into that. And uh, and then once you're in, then you see everything mm-hmm. else. And, and it's a big yes. world. It's a huge world. There's yeah. a lot of people. That, and, and that's pretty much the reason for the podcast to, you know, unscramble this and, and bring this to the public and say, hey, guys. You're still in school. There's a whole bunch of things you can do you probably weren't aware of. <laughs> it's true. It is very true. Man, the things I came in contact with after um, the lighting company, I didn't even know existed. Hmm. I mean, you could be a programmer, a rigger, uh, actual electronics technician. And we, we here in Barbados have to wear multiple hats. So you have to have a knowledge of almost everything on your job. Well, you know, that's pretty much a lot of places is like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if you go to the corporate world. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you do need to, to, to be able to touch just about everything. Uh, you know, up until you get to a professional tour or or you're working as a specialist, it, it's all a question of budget, right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of work out there. There's small budget. There's big budget. There's a lot more small budget than there is big budget. So you want to work with small budget? I always said, give me the back of the shop. Give me all the scrap you have and pay me and I'll make it work. You know, <laughs> Rather than, you know... 
trying to get always the the, the top end gigs and, and and the big budget things. I mean, yeah, once in a while, when you when you get one, you're very happy, mm-hmm. and when you yeah. have unlimited, you know, uh, fixtures and creativity and whatever. But I mean, day to day life. Not everybody has the budget, but you still have to deliver, sure. and that's and, and that's probably where you get the most creative when when you mm-hmm. have to do with what you have. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. You have you have to come up with some sort of design that works within those guidelines, and it's turned out to be good. Yeah. Why don't you tell me a, about a couple of things you you might have done that you're particularly particularly wow. I have to say it again. I'm a French guy, so I think in French I speak in English. <laughs> sometimes it just doesn't happen. So. <laughs> ah. Yeah. I got so, you. Yeah, maybe some some situations where you're particularly proud of yourself, or you're you're you know you got away with <laughs> with something that might not have worked. Hmm. I would say mostly in theater. Uh, sometimes you hit or you miss. Mm-hmm. And for me, theater is the the heavy hitter for me. Um, what you see in the first rehearsal is on what ends up to be what's going to stage. So a few gigs I had, a few theater gigs I had, um, they told me, okay, they are going to do some diagonals and put some chatter houses and stuff on stage. Mm-hmm. So I set my rig to allow for all those pieces. Yeah. Came back in two days after, for dress rehearsal. <gasps> Ended up spending the whole night after dress rehearsal re-rigging. Wow. Reprogramming. Mm. I'm ready for sure next day. <laughs> Myself. <laughs> <laughs> so when I got to the board now, the board starts to freak out on show night. Because I didn't turn it off for the last 24 hours. <laughs> so I'm there now with my laptop and April trying to piece together a show with cues that I just created out of the blue because I didn't, well, they, they weren't in the dress rehearsal. So I'm going off of memory trying to plot all of these cues. <laughs> The ins and outs, the specials, what's not. <sighs> I know my mistakes. I can see them. But to the general audience and the um, the director, I'm flawless. <laughs> At the end of it, I had to tap my ass. <laughs> Give me a tap. Because it was not easy. And that happened more than once. Wow. Because, again, you didn't have a budget. So you see it firsthand, you work for it, and then you come back here. Sometimes you don't get a rehearsal before the dress rehearsal. Hmm. So when the dress rehearsal happened and stuff is out of sync or out of place, you don't have to commit to the memory. What happened and try to reprogram for the show. It is hard. Bad planning. it don't always go to plan but majority of it goes yeah 
Have you ever done any uh, corporate events where you got pin spots on the tables? Yes. Yeah. And, and of yeah. course, I mean, having the luxury of doing that with moving lights doesn't happen very often. So Mm-mm. you have like Lico's, whatever, focused on, yeah. on each table. And what will happen mm-hmm. just as they're opening the doors? They'll move a mm-hmm. few tables. <laughs> um yes that 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 came into a, a plan i had he was working with a company friend of uk banana split and there is who in showing me how to do that pin spot with the actual pin spots for the the mirror ball oh yeah yeah, those those were pretty good. Mm-hmm. And a couple of tables moved, and the guy was like, "Oh well." <laughs> I was like, "But it's out. They're out of light." He's like, "None can do there." But here at the center, we do have a flicos, and we have a fly rig, uh, sky deck rather. Oh, so okay. you can go up. Yeah, you could go up and move stuff. Because it's still a teaching environment, so that's why this guy deck is in place. Uh-huh. Well that's Not that's good, but most hotels and, and reception halls don't have uh, you don't have that luxury. <laughs> nope. I actually uh, yeah, I actually did a job at the Bell Center, which is our you know, our, our hockey arena here. And um, mm. and uh, they did a corporate event in the Bell Center for some reason, I don't know. Uh, policeman's ball or something and I had a guy oh. walking on the rig as people were, were walking in because somebody put a DMX splitter somewhere mm-hmm. but That's not not an opto splitter just a, a Y cable you know the thing you never do yeah somebody decided yeah. I don't know where that damn cable came from but <laughs> <laughs> anyway the guy was walking on the rig found it repaired it <laughs> Wow. And people sometimes they walk into to the venues and and they have no clue what's going on, you know, above their heads or behind the stage or whatever. It's true. It is true. <laughs> I mean, I've been somewhere, the audience came in and settled, and just about to have dinner, I had to be over them trying to change tulips that shattered inside of the light. Oh. Wow. So it wasn't easy. Put down a piece of card and made sure none of the bits and pieces of bow dropped. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> the things we do for the show is like imaginary. A lot of people has be like, oh, really? You did that? It's like, yes, you had no choice. And man, it's, a, it's I don't know. I don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't doing this. It, well, it's hard to say now that you're doing it and you know what it is mm-hmm. and you know it exists. Yes. But it's true. if not, you would probably be somewhat happy being an IT guy, I suppose. The thing is, though, in this job, you don't need to go fully into college to be actual tech. Hmm. Um, you, you could train as you go, it, it allows for that. And I like that. Now with some jobs, 
if you want to get to the next level, you have to go back to school and study hard. Yeah. Get a degree. Yeah. It's more a lady hands-on feeling mm-hmm. where you can pick up from somebody and say, you know what? I saw what you did there. I think I could do that. I like that feeling. Yeah. It's still uh, like that. Uh, at some point it might change. Um, I know there's, there's basics, uh, safety basics that, you know, that's coming into play. Yes. And, and, and that's a good thing because there's, there's too many unnecessary accidents that happen just Mm -hmm. because people aren't aware of, of the safety measures and all that. So I, I think that's important that people get at least a a safety training and Mm -hmm. yeah. And after that, well, it's, it's all a question of, uh, talent, creativity, uh, whatever it is, unless you want to push cases for the rest of your life, you can do that too. (laughs) I mean, it's a decent job. You got to get the cases there. I mean, (laughs) it's true. It is true. Roll it in. Um, Just about two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. I caught a a small panic attack. Oh. Um, Trying to install the evil key on the sapphire. Oh. Yeah. But it's up and running, and I'm loving version 15. It's nice, eh? Yeah, yeah, a lot of cool features on there. I actually uh, went through the Evo Lights Academy once more just to refresh. And, okay, okay. Because uh, uh, right now we just opened it up in Canada, so uh, you can actually get on the Evo Lights Academy online. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, a big deal I for us. I, I, I mean, because uh, our, our biggest problem in Canada is that there are not enough Evo Light operators. So uh, we had to get a training system, you know, up and running. So they did it in the UK. That worked. And then they opened it up in the States. And mm-hmm. um, so uh, Gordon and, and, uh, and I, we, uh, we got together. And, uh, well, actually, it was more Gordon than me. Me, I was just following. But <laughs> so they installed a server in, in Canada. And, uh, and now we have access to that. That's good. That's, That's pretty cool. By the way, yeah. I, I'm at my I'm in my house right now because you know because of the COVID situation uh, we're trying to work from home as much as we can, and in the next mm-hmm. room I have a sapphire sleeping there. <laughs> so if you want a deal, I got it right here. <laughs> wow, wow, wow! Yeah, it's That's it's my nice. demo sapphire. It's actually the one we had when you came. Oh, okay, yeah. nice. Yeah, and I got my D nine coming, so uh, so this one's for sale. So if you if you're looking for a deal, we'll ship it to you. <laughs> wow, it really needs to touch the D nine. Yeah, it's. I've heard great things about it, so kind of fascinated about it. Yeah, I had the uh, the opportunity to play on it because they sent me a demo, uh, which mm-hmm. it it was sort of like a prototype, but a working prototype. It wasn't, you know, 100% finished. It wasn't branded, but uh, mm-hmm. but it was 100% functional. So they mm-hmm. sent it to me. I kept it for about a month, and I was able to go to the major places here and do some demos. Uh, an amazing, an amazing console, really. But what's cool is that, you know, the Sapphire or the Arena or any other board will run the same software. So you, you have the same features, you know, from one board to another. Mm-hmm. It's the same same software on every platform. Uh, mm-hmm. it, the difference is the ergonomics. 
It's it's just uh, laid out in a way that you you know, in my wildest dreams, I wouldn't have had as much convenience. <laughs> just the way it's laid out, you know. Just everything is just thought of. I mean, there's years and years of of gathering information uh, from from operators and and putting all that into one board. So uh, uh, yeah. So uh, compared to the Fuso truck that. Um, <laughs> that that Ford came out with, you know, being a touring guy, I can tell you about trucks. <laughs> and uh, okay. the Fuso truck, I think, was a hundred years of bad ideas put all in one truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. just just an example: the windshield washer fluid. I in some mm-hmm. countries probably you never use it. In Canada. It's mandatory mm-hmm. that you have windshield washer fluid or else you just can't see where you're going, you know, when it's, you know, during a snowstorm or uh, when it's messy out there. And you mm-hmm. have to open up the passenger door and on the side of the dashboard, there's uh, there, there's a, a, a cork it's, it's there, but it's on the side. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's vertical. So you, you have to open it up, then find a funnel somewhere or make one. <laughs> And then try to get the <laughs> liquid in there. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> That's just an example. <laughs> so I, tell okay. me, do you, uh, I mean, I, I realize that Barbados is, uh, is, I mean, you don't have hours and hours of road to do to get to a venue, right? But, no. <laughs> but are there any road stories that you might have to tell or, or bad loads or <laughs> Uh, No. Mm-mm, because I don't ride with the the stuff. Okay, you're, you're the superstar. <laughs> yes. So you say you don't ride with the stuff. So you don't load. You don't unload. You uh, you're the brain. I unload. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I unload and I load the vehicles, but most of the time I'm not in the warehouse. Mm-hmm. So I don't get to go with the vehicles at all. We don't really do breakdowns here. Servicing of the vehicles are really up to up to par. So things don't really break down here as such if you're a, a production company using their own vehicles. Everything happens like spot on. If they're supposed to go for maintenance, it happens. What I can tell you is I witness stuff being thrown out from the side of a vehicle. Oh. Yeah. Um, we were at a venue and we was waiting for the, the truck. So and the truck came around a corner. Oh. I guess it came around too fast and the door somehow unlocked. Oh. That's around four, either four or five Martin cases came flying through the door. Oof. Yeah. 600s and um, Matt 101s, they mm. just got, they got damaged. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, so that was, I think that's the only one hmm. I can remember. But other than that, I just drive to the venue and offload. See, that's part of the safety training. You got to use straps in, stru- in trucks. <laughs> It's true. There's a convention. I on guess. That. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the guy. I don't know. He figured that 
you know, it was part to capacity though. Mm. So the weight probably shifted on him. Yeah. And everything ended up coming through there. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, stuff happens. It does. It does. Some stuff on the job. I can remember <laughs> we were signing up screens and we were we set up an airframe truss system mm-hmm. for the screen to hang on. And the guys that set up these the truss didn't put any um, braces on it. Oh. They just set it up free handed, freestanding. And the screen guys, they came and they set up all their screens, probably 80 panels on this truss. Oh. A high wind came and just blew it. Just blew it out. Jeez. No one got injured? Nobody got injured, but it was a hefty payout. Oh, yeah. These things, if they happen, they can be avoided, but I don't know. Yeah, well, sometimes, sometimes just, yeah, there's just, you know, mistakes happen too, eh? I was on a show at time, and there were performers on stage, you know, doing their stuff. And I just saw uh, a Sharpie. It somehow came off the um, the shackles hmm. all, that was on the truss and it dropped. Wow. And the same time it was dropping, I think someone, one of the techs on stage saw it. So when it was dropping, he just snatched it <laughs> and took it off stage. Wow. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Reflex. That, yeah. So how long have you been working at the university? Seven years now. Seven years, and how how did you come to uh, to work there? I mean, so you were working for the lighting company, but then uh, then you got uh, hired by the university. How did that happen? Um, when I started a lighting company, uh, I was based here. Cause they had the contract. Oh, okay. For the lighting, yeah. Okay. So they did the whole install of the lighting system. So I was mainly based here. This is where I did majority of my training as well. So more theater based than concert and corporate. Okay. Yeah. But what do you prefer? Uh, I would say concert. Yeah. Yeah. More spontaneous, right? Yes. You get to do way more Hmm. and have way more fun. More freedom too. Um, Yes, definitely. With theater, you're bounded and you have to stick to, um, one type of thing mm-hmm. for each show. So it's like most of the time it's like lights up, lights down. Uh, <laughs> that can't get to you. Yes. <laughs> so in concert, it's like you got to do pixel mapping. You know, you get to show your skills more in concert. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I would say concert, definitely. Have you done any TV or, or film? Yeah. We do that here as well. We have a film program, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm usually the grip for it. Oh, okay. Uh, when I first hit, because in the production company, you have like Atman Star Bars and Lico's, but with here you have Ari stuff. Mm. So they transition from that Star Bar Lico stuff to. Ari stuff was a bit challenging yeah. because the throw and, you know, doing different things with the Ari kits. I, I had to start learning that. 
Yeah. So it's another technique. I pay, yes. So I picked up on it pretty fast and I'm actually liking it. Cool. Yeah. Cause you're working yeah. uh, instead of working for the public, you're working for the camera, which is a whole, yes. uh, it, it, yeah, it's a whole other, uh, it's, it's a different way of, uh, of handling things because the mm-hmm. camera does yeah. not see the same way that a human sees. Yes. Sometimes, I mean, I don't have my own monitor upstairs. So I just have to run down trees, flights of scares, just to see what the camera sees. <laughs> That's why we have walkie-talkies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we don't have any. Either. We have um, headsets. Uh, headsets. Yeah. yeah. They work, but sometimes when he's moving, can't really hear what he's doing. So mm. go, you go around and check. That is my, it's mandatory. What about you? Me? Uh, yeah, what's your background? You want my background? <laughs> this show's about you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, my background is a bit strange. <laughs> ah. It's a bit strange because uh, I, I started off as a musician. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I started Wait. taking music lessons. Playing what? Uh, well, I was playing the organ in 69. Uh, I was five years old. Yeah. Then, oh, wow. uh, yeah, then I moved on to piano, keyboards, uh, guitar, drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mo- more recently, I started playing the bass. Uh, but that was pretty much it. In the 80s, I had a band. Then at some point, I bought a sound system. I started doing sound. And mm-hmm. then I went off doing other stuff. I, uh, I was a computer technician, too, uh, late 80s, early 90s uh, okay. for, uh, yeah, for, uh, for the government here in, uh, in, in Quebec. And, uh-huh. and after that, I became a financial advisor because that's what my family was doing. So I decided, you know, I should get a decent job and, and you know, do something yeah. serious, which was not for me. After seven years, I, I had it. <laughs> I, I remember I, being in my office. Uh, uh-huh. I was doing tax, uh, tax reports. And uh, when the day was over, like at 11 o'clock at night, I'd shut the door, oh. I'd open up the uh, the file cabinet, and I had a keyboard in there, and then I had microphones and I had all sorts of stuff, and I was recording music <laughs> at night in my office. <laughs> so at wow. some point, I just handed over the, the, the business to to my partner and uh, uh-huh. started uh, started doing lighting. Uh, at mm-hmm. first, it was, it was just a, a small group that I was working with, so I was pretty much an amateur. I, I had some uh, knowledge in electronics and in um, uh, electricity, mm-hmm. so uh, uh, I was able to, you know, to figure it out. And then, like you say, on the field, working with people, then nice people that, you know, took the time to show me some stuff, showed me what a dimmer was, showed me what a twist lock was, and, and yeah. all this stuff. And uh, then I became head electric, and then I started programming moving lights and all that, and then it, it just built up, and I did tours, I did movies, I did uh, corporate events, all sorts of stuff, you know, everything you, you can do in that, in that era. And mm-hmm. uh, then in 2006, I believe it was, uh, no, 16, I, uh, mm-hmm. I was uh, head of the lighting department at a shop in Montreal, 
I did that for three years, and then uh, AVL, which is a distributor, offered me yeah. uh, offered me the job I have now, so, which is uh, light product specialist, which I didn't know existed. Once again, you know, you know these jobs that they don't tell you in, in school. At <laughs> all. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. Whoa. So in short, but I do have I do have a funny story. Once I was doing a corporate event, and there was a shitload of lights. Uh, it, it was huge, and there was a wall of dimmers, and uh, you know behind curtains, of course, because you know, we curtain off everything, and and mm -hmm. a wall of dimmers, and and a and a fall of of cables, like hundreds hundreds of cables, just everything was patched one by one, and mm -hmm. um, at one point a lady was looking for the bathroom, I suppose, and she opened up the curtain and came face to face with the dimmer city. <laughs> And and I was sitting right next to the dimmer, and she oh, <laughs> and she looked at that, <laughs> and and she looked at me, and and you know realized that I was probably the guy who plugged that in, which was true, and she said, uh -huh. I don't know how you guys are able, you know, to work with all this stuff. I mean, with, with all these cables, how can you tell which one is which? Well, very simple. I plugged in one at a time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. As the guys were bringing it to me, I was I plugged them all in one by one. Right now, ask me to find a particular one. Yeah, it might not be too easy. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that was funny. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it to, to resume uh, fifty-seven years of life. Uh, <laughs> in a nutshell, that's yeah. pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much uh, what happened to me. So I'm I'm still you know playing music from time to time. But uh, the reason mm -hmm. why I stopped doing music full time because I did try for five years. I did mm -hmm. um, record and 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 I was a songwriter, and I just got tired of being poor. So <laughs> let it go. <laughs> it has its moments. Yes. Yeah. Well, what I find difficult when you're, uh, when you're, especially if you're writing music, what I find difficult mm -hmm. is that you know how much work you're going to put into it. You have no clue mm -hmm. what the outcome is going to be. Mm -hmm. You're dependent on, is this going to work? Is it, is, you know, is this song going to come out? Is it going to happen? Am I going to get paid? You don't know all this. So reality catches up with you at some point, you know? <laughs> true. Yeah. Very true. Are you a musician? No. Uh, I used to play the drums, but that was way back um, when I was eight, nine, ten. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but since I left primary school and went to secondary school, I didn't pick it up anymore. And they wanted me to be a keyboardist. Ah. I didn't play no keyboard. <laughs> then That's no they tell me, no. Then they tell me twice the pan. I was like, uh, no, <laughs> I want to be a drummer. Yeah. That was my passion. But then from time to time, they kept changing me and changing me. I was like, no, I'm done with that. Yeah, yeah. But I love music. Tell you the truth. I love it. So um, sometimes some people see me programming and I have something in my ear. So I'm literally listening to soundtracks and doing my thing. Has no relation to what I'm programming for. But, you know, that's why I love Avo as well, because I can just tap to whatever beat and it comes out magical. 
Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, it's it helps that that you have some musical uh, knowledge or or some mm -hmm. musical talent uh, for mm -hmm. doing light, especially if you're doing live shows, because yes. it allows you to be synchronized with the band and and sort of put put a visual on the sound. Definitely. I I'd like to conclude. I mean, if you have either some advice to give to people or to youngsters that are starting out out there. Or a, a cool anecdote. I mean, I'll I'll let you tell whatever you feel like telling. Advice, piece of advice. Yeah, if you're coming into lighting <clears throat> or anything lighting at all, production, love it first because it will become part of your life, if not all of your life. Mm. Um, it takes up a lot of time and energy that sometimes you don't think you have, but you just find it. Uh, it will break up some relationships. <laughs> <laughs> oh? Yeah, but... Oh, you want to yeah. talk about that? <laughs> Man. <laughs> Life on the road uh, with having a relationship is difficult because, yes, you, you aren't spending birthdays holidays, anniversaries with them, you are literally working. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when you have, when you're working with women as well on your team, your spouse at home is like, okay, so you ain't with me all the time, you with she. And I see she in the vehicle all the time, like, what's going on? Nothing. She works with me. So you have to be on heavy guard <clears throat> and you have to give your 110% also in your relationship while you're at work. It's a, it's a juggle. So yeah, relationships and working on your road is hard. Um, I tend to keep one now because I am more flexible, have more time on my hands. So, you know, you can actually settle down and have a family. But doing that on the road, it's really tough. I had a trainer who was teaching us when I was back at the lighting company. He was a, a rigger. He came from overseas. He was teaching us um, how to rig stuff. And he said, well, he left production to teach on the road. And we asked him, but why are you making more money? What was it? He said, having more time with his family. Hmm. And that really hit home for me because you are out sometimes a whole week. You don't see home. Yep. While your girlfriend or wife is home with the kids, you know, another mom might be again in there. You never know. Hmm. So... It is hard having a relationship on the road. It is. Do you have kids? No, not yet. Okay. 32 and still batting well. Oh, you have time. But will I have time and energy after having to deal with multiple jobs? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, not easy. Easy. Well, thanks for that great advice. I think there's a lot of people that, you know, like, like we say, this uh, this job is not well known. A lot of people don't know it exists, and then when they discover it, they they go crazy. And 
And at that point, there's no warning sign saying, here's what you're getting into. <laughs> no, absolutely so, not. So you got to talk to people. You got to you got to rely on on people who are are already there, like yourself, mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. who can give you the guidelines and tell you you know what you're getting into and what you what you need to do to be successful. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Chris, it's it's been uh, an amazing talk, and and I'm so so glad that we could you know meet again after <laughs> after a few years. <laughs> Maybe it's someday true. I'll be in Barbados. I'll I'll be able to to look you up. I mean. Uh, I often yeah. take vacation, but I have never been to Barbados, and it's it's funny because they don't offer it that much. I mean, we have uh, uh, Dominican Republic. There's uh, there's mm -hmm. Cuba. There's Mexico. Um, uh, what else do they offer? Uh, Jamaica. Uh, but they never talk about Barbados. I remember when I was young, there was commercials about you know taking vacation in Barbados. Apparently, it's one of the most uh -huh. beautiful places on earth. It can be. Yeah, yeah, just plan a trip, come down, you know, sandy beaches, all mostly um, sunny. Well, Chris, it's been a great talk. Thank you so much. And, yeah, no problem at all. Uh, all right. Take care, my friend, and uh, and we'll talk soon. No problem. All right. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Take care. You too, man. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah. The Backstage Cowboys podcast is brought to you by AVL Media Group and Avolites, who make the best lighting consoles in the world. If you live in Canada, you now have access to the Avolites Academy online learning platform. The cost is $229, and that includes an editor Avo key delivered directly to your door. Head on over to BackstageCowboys.com and click on the Avolites Academy logo to get all the details.